Any views, thoughts, or opinions expressed on the Rejuvenating Health podcast are solely that of the speakers and are intended as such. Please contact your trusted medical practitioner for medical advice. Let's go, girls. I'm Shauna, and I'm here with women's health nurse practitioner, Lindsay Van Schoik. And today we're going to do something really neat on the episode. I'm super excited about it. So Lindsay, do you want to tell them what you're going to do? Yeah. So we're not going to violate any HIPAA violations or anything like that, but we're going to live and go through someone's labs um, to show you what we do whenever we get labs back inside Rejuvenating Health to give you an insight into what an appointment with me might look like. So I think it's eye-opening and it's like super exciting. And I will say this again till I'm blue in the face. It's 2024. Everyone needs to have this full lab panel done because we did this on a gym member the other day and holy snikes, when I got the lab results back, like this guy is fit and you would think that he would be healthy, but like a heart attack waiting to happen, insulin levels higher than I've seen in a long time, no testosterone. So it's really eye-opening to get this done and to see what's happening in your body. And we hear all the time, well, I'm just going to have my doctor do these labs. Okay, well, then your doctor is going to tell you that they're fine because they're using the lab core values of what are fine, and they're not using functional health or optimal levels to, to tell you what's going on. Right. And that's the crazy thing is you might look fit and in shape and super healthy on the outside, but just like you said, on the inside, if you're not being proactive and taking advantage of getting your labs done and all those things, you just don't know. Yeah, you really don't. And so I think to start this conversation, I know we say get labs done and you think like, oh, that's easy. I just go to the lab and get my blood drawn. But you also have to make sure that you're doing the labs properly. So so that means sometimes Mm -hmm. you have to withhold medications. So If you're going to get labs done and you're on thyroid medication, please do not take it the morning that you get labs done. If you're on levothyroxin, it's probably, or Synthroid, it's probably okay to take that morning, but it's best to just not take your thyroid meds the morning that you go and get your labs drawn. So if you're on any armor thyroid, um, T3 medications, anything like that, definitely do not take them 18 to 24 hours so you, you have a six-hour window. You can get them done. You need to withhold your thyroid medication for 18 hours, but no more than 24. So it's really important that you do that. If you don't do that, you might get really high levels of T3 or you might get really low levels of T3, and it's going to alter your results. So it's super important that you don't do that. If you're on any type of like collagen supplement with biotin in it, you need to make sure you're not taking that probably for like a week before because that can also affect your thyroid hormones. Most of your other medications and supplements – you can take before you get labs done, but I kind of just think like, don't risk it. Just wait. Don't take anything the morning that you get your labs done and you can take all of that stuff after you get your labs completed. So that's how you do it with medications and supplements. You need to do them fasted, fasted, not morning coffee, not your diet Coke and caffeine. Cause a lot of times we're testing cortisol. And if you're drinking a bunch of caffeine, that can jack up your cortisol. So fasted, nothing to eat or drink the night before, like at least eight hours, because we want to make sure your insulin and triglycerides and all of those types of things are are accurate, right? That's kind of how we look at insulin, fasting, blood sugar, cortisol. If you're checking hormones, it's important that you do these 
during the right time of your cycle. So if you're menstruating, you want to do them on days like 19 through 21 of your menstrual cycle. If you're on birth control, it doesn't matter because your hormones are going to be whacked out and you shouldn't be getting your hormones checked on birth control anyways, but that is a whole nother podcast and different rant that I will go on. But <laughs> if you're a naturally cycling woman, get them on days 19 through 21. If you're in menopause, it doesn't matter when you get them. But if you're on menopause and you're using HRT, it does kind of matter when you get labs done on HRT. So if you're on an estrogen patch, just get your labs done normally. If you're on progesterone pill, get your take your progesterone the night before, get it done. If you're on any type of like cream, I would say withhold it the night before, the day before, and put it on after you get those labs done. If you're on any type of like testosterone injections, you want to wait three or four days after you get that injection because you don't want to hit it at the peak. You want to hit it kind of when you're in those optimal levels or like stable levels. So it, it really does matter when you get your labs done. And so if you're working with someone else that's not us and you have questions about that, like just make like that can hinder your lab results a lot. And we're basing a lot of your treatment plan on your lab results. So just know that but people get really confused about that, right. especially the thyroid part. Yeah, for sure. And that's very helpful. And I know we get asked even just the, um, like the period question, we get asked that a lot. If before people get their labs, they ask us all the time when they should get it in their cycle. So even yeah. that's just really helpful. Yeah. For people. Makes a huge difference. All right. Uh-oh, I froze, I think. Or did you freeze? Yeah, now you're back. Okay. Now you're back. I marked it. So in case you... Yeah. Okay. Okay, so now we know how to get your labs drawn. Next, let's kind of dive in and go into some of these labs. So to give you a little backstory, these labs are on a 58-year-old woman. Um, she goes to the gym regularly, but she's really struggling to get body composition changes, um, and she just doesn't really feel good, right? So when we do an initial consult, um, we start with like, what made you seek out help? What made you get these labs done, right? And then we go into what medications are you on? This woman is on Synthroid. So just so you know, she is on Synthroid. Um, are you on, what does your past medical history look like? What supplements are you on? Um, so we do, a, before we even go in the labs, we do a deep dive into your lifestyle. So what does your nutrition look like? What's your sleep look like? Are you pooping? You should be having two to three snakes of poop a day. That's what optimal pooping looks like. <laughs> we discuss your stress, your lifestyle, your activity, all those types of things. One thing I forgot to say when you get your labs done is don't do a really hard workout the day before or two days before because that will raise your inflammatory markers. So I forgot to add that in the labs. But we have these conversations with you and just going over the lifestyle, what your food looks like, um, nutrition, all that stuff takes about 30 minutes on an initial consult before we even dig in to the lab work. And it's really important for me to know all these lifestyle factors because I can't put a plan into place for you and really even know what these labs mean without having this conversation with you and, and know your medical history and the things that you're kind of struggling with. So I think it's important that people realize that there's more to just reading labs to this. It's having that conversation and, and seeing what your lifestyle looks like and, and the factors that may be playing a role in, in these labs. So when we dig into the labs, we always draw a CBC. Um, I don't pay a lot of attention to the CBC. I look at like the hemoglobin, hematocrit, MCV, MCH, and 
platelets. <laughs> so on this particular woman's, her hemoglobin was a little bit elevated at 17.1, but the rest of her CBC looks good. Like her platelets are where they should be um, and everything looks good on her CBC. So when I look and see that the hemoglobin's a little bit elevated, I, it makes me want to look at ferritin. So ferritin is a really important thing for thyroid function. You really want your ferritin to be around 80 to 100. Ferritin is your iron stores. And so you want to make sure that if you're anemic or you're checking for anything related to anemia, that you do have your ferritin checked. So in this particular patient's case, her ferritin was 103. So it's in that optimal range. So she has really good iron stores. So I'm not really worried about this slightly elevated um, hemoglobin. I think we're going to do a lot of jumping around here, but ferritin is really tied with thyroid. And so we'll just jump to thyroid next. So I did tell you that this patient is on levothyroxine. So when we look at a thyroid, we have to make sure we get a full thyroid panel, which is TSH, free T3, reverse T3, T4, thyroid antibodies. Okay. So this particular patient's TSH is 2.91, which is normal, but it's not optimal, right? So ideally, we want TSH to be below 1.5. So we already know that she has a little bit of hypothyroidism and because she's on hypothyroid meds. Um, so TSH, not really optimal. Her reverse T3 is 25, which is definitely not optimal. We want that reverse T3 to be... 10, 12, under 15. So what this is telling me is that she is, how the thyroid works is you take, for most patients, you're on T4 only. And your TSH, like when you're on T4 only, that T4 can get converted to reverse T3 or free T3. So if you think about it, reverse T3 is like the bouncer of the club. And T3 is like, the party goer trying to get into the club. So you want your free T3 to be able to get in your cells. It doesn't matter how much free T3 is in your body. If it can't get in the cells, you're not going to feel good. Well, reverse T3 halts that free T3 from getting in your cells. So what this tells me is that she is converting too much of that free T4 to reverse T3. And even if her free T3 is optimal, her cells are not getting that free T3 in cells. And if you listen to our podcast with Cassie, we talked a lot about how, unfortunately, you can't test free T3 in the cells, or we would just be doing that blood test all the time. So we already know that there's something going on with her thyroid, and it's not optimized here. When I look at her free T4, um, it is, let me scroll down here and find it. It's high. So she's getting a lot of that T4 in her system from that levothyroxine. But her free T3 is only 2.6, and we want that to be around 4. So this woman is getting T4 only, and it's getting converted to reverse T3 and none to T3. And so no wonder she feels like shit because she's taking thyroid meds, and they're mm -hmm. not working. So what do you do in this case? Mm -hmm. Immediately, I would lower her levothyroxine and put her on Cytomel or Lithiorine twice a day, right? So we're going to reduce that free T4 because we don't want it reversing into, we don't want it to convert to reverse T3. And then we're going to put her on Cytomel, probably 10 milligrams twice a day and, and really track these numbers to make sure that they're coming down in an appropriate way. Now, this woman also has, this patient 
has really high thyroid antibody levels. Like her TPO is 47 and her thyroid globulin antibody is 153. And anytime we see like these are not normal, like even in the conventional lab work, they're flagged as not normal, but they're definitely not normal in functional Mm -hmm. lab work. So this person, this patient has Hashimoto's thyroiditis. And so immediately we cut out gluten. We've talked about this on other Mm -hmm. podcasts, but if you have Hashimoto's, you cannot take, you cannot be eating gluten. It has the same protein in it that attacks your thyroid gland. So cut out gluten and change thyroid meds immediately on this patient. Thyroid is out of whack. Then we go to her CMP. Her fasting glucose is 111. That's not normal in conventional medicine. It's really not normal in functional medicine. So we want fasting blood sugar to be around 85. Anytime it starts getting higher than 85, we start becoming more at risk for diabetes. Now, if you had a stressful morning, you ate a late meal the night before, your fasting blood glucose might be a little bit elevated. So we also have to look at fasting insulin and hemoglobin A1C. So this patient's insulin level is 8.2. Not terrible. Like it it really isn't that terrible. Um, We want insulin to be below 6, but her hemoglobin A1C is 6.1. So that's pre-diabetes in conventional medicine world. It's just diabetic in my world. You want your hemoglobin A1C to be under 5.3. So this patient has insulin resistance. What do we know about insulin resistance? Insulin is a fat-storing hormone. When your blood sugars are elevated, you have trouble losing weight. So she has a not optimal thyroid, and she has insulin resistance. No wonder she can't lose weight and doesn't feel good. Like no stinking wonder she's having all these issues. Then we can flip into her hormone status. She's menopausal, right? And her DHEA is 48, which is crazy low. Her sex hormone binding globulin is 25, crazy low. Her progesterone and estrogen are menopausal status. And her testosterone level is nine, nine, no testosterone. So no wonder she has, doesn't feel good and can't make any gains in the gym because she has no testosterone. So what do you do? Like put her on hormone replacement therapy. This woman needs estrogen, at least a conversation. She needs estrogen, progesterone, and testosterone therapy along with thyroid medication, along with adding in some berberine to help bring those blood sugars down along with lifestyle changes. So this is common in all of our patients. How many lab reviews do I see where their thyroid's jacked up, their hormones are jacked up, and they have insulin resistance? I feel like it's every single one that we do. I was going to say like 99% of the time, every time. Yeah. Like, it's- Do you know how long she was on the thyroid? Do you know how long she's been on this particular like thyroid medication from her doctor? She's been on Levo for years. Well, that's what I was just thinking like that just goes to show she's been on that for years, but nobody has tried anything different. Do you know what I mean? She feels horrible. So thank goodness that she came and was able to get that seen and figured out because she would just be on that medication forever feeling like crap. Yeah, Because her TSH is normal. Right. (laughs) It's just mind blowing. Yeah. Yeah. So when we dig a little bit more into the CMP, like we look at kidneys we look at the total protein total to make sure she's getting enough protein. 
we look at liver enzymes. So ideally, we want our ALT and AST to be in the teens. Hers is 20 to 25. So she's not detoxifying properly. Maybe has a little bit of fatty liver disease. So I would definitely recommend like some sauna, sweating, pooping, um, taking some maybe methylated <laughs> vitamins, like methylated folate to help kind of cleanse out that liver. Um, that'll just make her feel better as well. When we get to her cholesterol panel, like her total cholesterol is flagged high and her HDL is flagged high. And I know I've talked about this before, but like I don't give a crap what your total cholesterol and LDL cholesterol is. Like I care all about the ratios. So for this patient, her HDL to LDL ratio is 1.1, which is amazing. That's like the perfect, the perfect, perfect, perfect LDL to HDL ratio. We just want it under two. If it's over two, it's indicating cardiovascular disease, right? She has one thing going right. Good. And then she deserves, yes, yes. Yeah. I mean, her HDL is 91. It's really good. So her good cholesterol, like you can, like she's in the gym, right? She's exercising. Her good cholesterol is good. Mm -hmm. Her triglycerides are 139. Um, Ideally, I want the triglycerides to be lower than the HDL. Whenever we see a little bit of elevated triglycerides, it's insulin resistance. It's blood sugar, right? If we're eating too much sugar, our body converts that into triglycerides. So we already know she's a little bit insulin resistant. So it doesn't surprise me that that's showing up on her labs. Just doesn't surprise me. Um, so I talked a little about the liver a little bit um, and talked about methylated vitamins. When I look at the liver, I'm looking at liver enzymes, folate. Her folate's 11, which is low. I'm looking at homocysteine levels. Her homocysteine is eight. We want it. Eh, her, that's okay. We want it around seven. And then we're looking at B12 and her B12 is 742. So she might be on a B12 supplement, but I definitely recommend methylated folate for her just because it's going to increase that folate and it's going to help with the liver. But if she's struggling with anxiety and depression, which she kind of is, that methylated folate can help with that as well. A lot of people have an MTHFR gene and they don't know it, um, but we can look at labs and help supplement with that just to give them relief from anxiety and depression and, you know, all that type of stuff. Yeah. And then we talked about most of this stuff. The last thing that we checked on her, um, we looked at her CRP, which is an inflammatory marker. It's 0.51 and her homocysteine is normal. So she doesn't have a lot of inflammation in her body, which is good. Um, her vitamin D is 26.2. So vitamin D is, is pretty low. So definitely would recommend supplementing with some vitamin D and K to help get that vitamin D up to that 50 to 60 level. Cause vitamin D supports hormones, all of those types of things. So for this particular patient, we want to optimize her thyroid. We want to get her on some hormone replacement therapy. We want to get her on some berberine to help with her insulin resistance. And we want to get her on some vitamin D and methylated folate. So just three supplements that we're recommending. But then lifestyle-wise, we got to cut out gluten. We got to bring down the carbohydrates. She is menopausal, so maybe we're implementing some intermittent fasting in there to help bring her blood sugars down. Um, not eating three hours before bed. Um, maybe doing a 10 to 8-hour eating window making sure she's still hitting that protein, making sure she's strength training at least three to four times a week, which we already know that she's doing. Um, her cortisol was great. So it doesn't make me think that she's doing like crazy cardio or anything like that because her stress hormones look good. She just hasn't been treated right in the medical world because no one has talked to her about hormone replacement therapy. And her thyroid is just not 
great. But this is something common that we see daily and most people don't know how to treat it or have this conversation and look at all these things. Now on it, like going over this with a patient in real life would look way different because we would have this in-depth conversation and we would come up with a plan and all that type of stuff. But I just think it's really important to know what we're looking at when we do an initial consult and we, when we do go over all these labs with, with our patients. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's just interesting to see, I think for everyone, just what all goes into it. Because like I said before, you can look really healthy on the outside, but you don't have like a magnifying glass to look inside. So it's really, really helpful. And not everything is always run by your regular PCP. No, you have to ask for these labs. And even if you do ask for them and you get them, they're not going to know how to read them. I did a consult with a um, new client yesterday and she's like, I've had these labs done. She's like, they're normal. And I was like, what's your insulin level? And she's like 13. I'm like, that's not normal. Like you're not like her doctor ran the labs, but told her it was normal and it's not normal. Right. Yeah. Or they'll go and they ask them for labs and they say that they can't run the certain tests that need run, which is also completely ridiculous. Yeah. Now I will tell you this lab panel that we do is expensive. Um, If we build insurance, it's about, it's over $3,000 billed to insurance. So if you have a high deductible insurance plan, we can bill your insurance. um, But cash price, getting the labs cash price is probably the better way to go, but it just depends on, on insurance and kind of what that looks like. But getting lab work isn't cheap, um, but there are cheap, cheap ways to do it. Right. Yeah. No, super helpful, super insightful. And we do have new options too within the program. If anybody wants to check those out, um, do you want to tell them a little bit about them before we end? Yeah. Like so normally inside rejuvenate, like we truly believe that you need a health coach. Like you need someone to walk this plan with you, to hold you accountable, to be by your side, to help guide you through all of it. But for some people, that's not feasible. Mm-hmm. And so we now have telehealth options for people that live in Illinois, Indiana, and Virginia. Um, and we're working on Florida as well. So if you live in one of those states and you don't want to participate in health coaching, but you want to get your labs optimized, your medications optimized, we can do that for you if you're living in any of those states. If you're not living in those states, we're working on it, but you can still work with us. We can still review your labs. We can still give you recommendations. We have clients that live all over the world that we do this with, and we just write up recommendations and they take them to their doctor. If their doctor won't listen, fire your doctor and get a new one because that's not not good, Mm -hmm. right? But giving them kind of guidelines as to what our suggestions are. So it's easy for us to work with people um, all over the U.S., but we do have those telehealth options specifically in those three states right now, which we're really excited to offer um, just for those people that maybe can't afford our full um, functional health coaching program. Yeah, for sure. It's a great option. And we'll have all of our uh, website and our socials listed below for you ladies to check out with uh, for more information. And if you miss any of our other episodes, please go back and listen to those. But we will catch you next week. See ya. Bye, ladies.